Hey there, I'm Brooke Jefferson, host of the Book More Clients Photography Podcast. I'm a wife, mama to two, lifestyle photographer, and marketing strategist. I help photographers build a five-figure business through systems and relationship building. You can find me sipping on a whiskey and Coke, listening to podcasts, and binge-watching the latest series on Netflix. I created this podcast with the aspiring photographer in mind. I bring you tried and true strategies, tips and tricks to book more clients and inspiring interviews. Are you ready to frame your way to your dream career? Let's dive in. Today's episode is a good one. I am interviewing my dear friend and photographer, Destiny Tillery. Destiny Tillery is a photographer out of Brandon, Mississippi. She has been photographing since 2008 and has photographed countless families and more than 500 newborns. That is so crazy, but she is absolutely amazing. And we are going to be diving in to all things photography, but more specifically, how to make more while working less. So stick around. This episode is seriously such a good one. Destiny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be talking about this particular topic. And for those who don't know who you are, will you let the listeners know? Absolutely. So my name is Destiny Tillery, and I've been um, a photographer for about 12 years in a suburb of Jackson, Mississippi, primarily newborns and family maternity photography. I love it. So 12 years is a long time. Does it feel like a long time to you? <laughs> it really, it really does. And it doesn't at the same time. When I first got started, my daughter was just a couple of years old. And when you look back, you know, they say that the days are long, the years are short. And that's exactly what's true here, too, because I have an, a nearly 14-year-old girl and, you know, time flies so fast. And building the business, though, on the business side of the 12 years, um, it's really been an exciting journey, every step of it. And there's never been one year that looks like another year. And so when I got started in photography, my daughter was, like I said, just a couple of years old. But before that, I was in banking. And I had many years of banking under my belt. And when she was born, I begged my husband that I could go home, be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm just not one to sit around and not do work on some capacity. So I had to really force myself to slow down. But once I did... Um, we had so much fun. I was taking pictures of her with our little camera and my husband said, now look, Destiny, I'm going to go ahead and get you this camera, but I don't want you to make a business out of it because you're not that good. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> but he is, he said it in love, like, Hey, you know what? You're, you're not, not that good. And I had really bought the camera so that I wouldn't have to pay professional photographers, which you know, and I know is not a very, smart thing because just because you have a paintbrush and paint canvas doesn't make you a Picasso, right? Oh Lord. So no. It took so much time. I mean, this is back in 2008 and nine, like right in this really maybe even 2000, between 2007 and 2009, 
there just wasn't nearly as many resources at our disposal as there are now that for us to learn and implement and, you know, have coaches and no one wanted to share their information with me at all. None, not even just to be a mama who wanted to take pictures of her baby, nothing. And so I had to look everything up on YouTube, most everything I found. And there would be many nights I would stay up until 1am and I would cry over my laptop as I was learning how to figure out Photoshop and learn all these different technical things that I had to, you know, wanted to learn. And finally I started taking some pretty decent pictures of her and it caught the attention of my friends and my neighbors and my family. And they were like, Hey, um, could you take pictures of my kids? And I did. And as time progressed, then they would pay me a little bit. And we were like, Hey, they're paying me for this. We might be onto something here. I might, I might just want to do this. So I went against what my husband said (laughs) and uh, I dove headfirst into a photography business. And I'll never forget whenever there was, you know, the forms that you have to fill out whenever you have some sort of official document and it says, what is your occupation? And the first time I put photographer on there, um, my husband said, you're putting photographer on there now. Huh? I said, yeah. And he said, good. You know, so I felt like, okay, we're there. We're there. He is the most supportive man. And he, he really just goes down any rabbit hole that I want. But <clears throat> so as, as time had gone on, we, we built a house and I really wasn't sure where I needed to be. You know, I, I was like, do I need to do photography? I mean, do I need to do studio photography, outdoor, natural light? I really, I lacked a lot of clarity in my business and where I needed to go, who I even wanted to take pictures of. Because at the time I was doing all the things, taking pictures of everyone for any reason, anybody who would pay me. And I got burnout as most photographers do. You know, we just, it's so easy to get burnt out whenever you take on the things that don't light you up inside. And if you're not getting paid for it, well, if you're not getting paid enough for it to be sustainable, you can't see that being a long-term career goal. If all you're doing is shooting and editing and shooting and emailing and editing and rinse and repeat. And I was constantly telling my now nearly five-year-old I can't play with you. I'm sorry. I don't have any, I don't have any time. I know I'm sitting here with you at the house, but I can't play with you because I have to edit. And it broke my heart because not only did I did that, you know, once or twice, I mean, it was repeatedly. I was shooting on the weekends and in the evenings because, hey, golden light. And my husband and my daughter were doing things without me. And, you know, it caused a lot of animosity like within our family, but then it made me regret building this business that's pulling me now away from my family who I originally left my job to stay with. So I was at a crossroads, Brooke. I was like, okay, some things have to change and I can't keep doing this. I'm either going to go find somewhere else to work, go do something, or I'm going to make this work. And this is really my heart's desire. I want to have a flexible schedule. I want to be able to provide for my family in the way that I know that I can and that I want to. And I don't want my family to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely pulling on my heartstrings. I teared up a little bit because I remember basically stealing my children's summers 
away from them because I was so consumed in taking on all the sessions. And I don't think a lot of people realize, especially our clients, I don't think they realize what goes into having your pictures done. It's not just that we show up, take your pictures and we walk away. It's the traveling, the getting your kids, someone to watch them or waiting and working around your husband's schedule so that they can stay home so that you can go serve your clients. And I mean, there were so many summer nights where I'm, I'm in the car, I'm traveling to sessions, I'm spending two hours at sessions because we get to talking and having awesome conversations. And then I'm eating dinner at 10 p.m. and still driving home. And it's just crazy. And then the next day, obviously, you're like, okay, we need to edit these pictures. So now we're going to take up even more hours of our day. And that's what it looks like for a long time for me. And I am willing to bet this is resonating with a lot of people listening right now. This yeah. might be their life. And I think you're about to give them some hope and a light at the end of their tunnel for how they can change that and get out of this non-sustainable cycle is really what it is. So, yeah. so tell us, how did you make it work? Yeah. So there were three things that I, when, in thinking about this, I'm like, okay, what were the, the biggest things that I knew at that moment I had to change? And I hope you're ready because if you're struggling with this very thing, guys, this is exactly what you need to take a step back and look. And where I drew the line in the sand was, I'm not willing to sacrifice my family time anymore. So I need to set some really healthy boundaries. So no longer was my business going to tell me what I needed to do. I needed to direct it. I needed to get in the driver's seat and really be the leader in my business, my my business of one because it was just me, but I still, you have to get into a leadership mindset whenever you're getting ready to make any big changes in your business or even start one. And so if you're being run over, you know, by your clients and your business, it's only because we've allowed them. It's only how we've conditioned it and we've set the expectation for that. And so I just had to really, I had to step back. And so one of the ways that I, I did that was to say, okay, I'm only going to shoot on the weekends that I say it's okay. I'm not going to just shoot and have it available for any weekend. And even still, it's just going to be one day of the weekend. So either like a block of time on a Saturday or a Sunday, one or two a month, depending on the month, maybe not even any weekends, maybe just week evenings, weekday evenings. Um, another way was to be really clear about when their photos would be ready. And it wasn't as soon as I get to them or how many times I get an email that asks about them. But just to be very upfront, every email that I would send them, even from the beginning, was to reiterate what the expectation was. And that was, hey, let me tell you in the inquiry what you can expect so that before you hire me, you know you're going to wait two weeks after we shoot the session. You know, thank you all so much. Thank you for hiring me for your, your photos. Y'all are beautiful and wonderful, and I can't wait to show these to you. And it's going to be about two weeks before before you get to see them. And this is the process and how you can see them in order and all that good stuff. So yeah, boundaries, definitely, definitely. The next thing I did is I finally priced myself for profit. This took a little bit of time because I wanted to know what worked, what worked for others. What did I need to make in my own business? What was the, the amount that, that I needed to to make each month, each year, each week, each session that would make this 
beneficial for me and my family? How could I price myself so that I then, which is number three, quality over quantity. I needed to be able to price myself in such a way that I didn't have to take every single session and be on the road every single day and hustle, 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 hustle. I think so much as women in general, but especially women business owners and moms too, is that we think busy equals success. And that is not true because we can be busy and we can be shooting and we can be selling. But hey, if you're not actually earning the income that you need individually as a, a family, as a person, as a business, then it won't be sustainable. You just won't have the motivation for it to last. They say, I've, I've always heard that if in photography, if you make it past year five, then you can do this. Like you can do this thing. Well, it was really around the five year mark where I had to make that decision. It was, okay, I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm not getting any sleep, not doing the things on the weekends with my family anymore. And I had to change it. So those are those things. I made boundaries. I priced myself for profit. And I focused really, really dug into quality over quantity and building the relationships with my clients one-on-one as if I had one, only one client. So my goodness. Okay. This was all so good. I was furiously taking notes. So I wouldn't forget uh, some of the things that we talked about, but so everything that you just mentioned was what I had to do myself back on year four. That was when I realized, oh my gosh, this is not going to work for me. I always feel like I'm having to run and catch up, run and catch up. And there's no extra time to spend with our family, which like you said, is the whole reason we left our jobs in the first place was to do this full time for flexibility. But the hard part about being your own boss and running your own company and business is that there's no one to tell you to stop or to clock out or, you know, to give yourself vacation. And so that was really hard for me. And a lot of times we don't want to change anything until we hit one of two places. Number one, a family crisis or number two, a burnout, which is what you went through, which I went through as well. But also for me, it was one day I woke up and realized I am being a horrible mom and wife because I am literally prioritizing my business first above every single thing. I can't tell you how many baby showers, wedding showers, family dinners, all the things that I missed because I dedicated every waking hour to building my business. And I don't want people to think that, oh, that must be why you have success. Actually, no. Um, I'm more successful now with what I'm doing than what I was doing. And so I just I just really want to uh, make sure that point goes across. But boundaries, for sure. We've, we've got to have these boundaries. And I think once you have boundaries, you will then realize, okay, I don't have as much time to take on as many sessions as I'm used to. So now you really do have to focus on, do I need to raise my prices? Probably so. But the great thing about that is you're not looking for as many yeses. You're just, you know what I mean? Like you have control over who you're going to work with, the people who are going to pay you, then you can focus on, again, that quality over quantity. And 
one thing I wrote down that I wanted to bring up about the pricing, because I feel like this is a never ending discussion, but think about how excited you were the first time someone paid you for a session. Whether you were paid $20, $50, $500, it doesn't matter. Think about how excited you were over that pricing. Now imagine if you could make double or triple that at a session and take on three less clients than you were, that lights me up. And so I'm never going to go back to being, uh, let me just book 60 sessions a month for 50 bucks, right? Which I never did that many. That's definitely exaggeration. But I just want to bring that point across is, yes, raising your prices is scary. Um, and I know you and I both teach on this and about how to price for profit. Like that's where it really is. And so it's very scary. It's probably the most uncomfortable move you'll make in your business. One of them for sure. But once you do it and people start paying you and you're able to cap out at five to 10 sessions a month, if you want to do that rather mm -hmm. than 20 to 30, then you are going to definitely feel the freedom and flexibility you'll have in your business. So yes, I, I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it only takes one. It only takes, once you raise your prices and you really structure it in such a way that it's going to be benefit you, it only takes that one client, that one person that will say yes to your new pricing to give you all the confidence that you need to say, okay, this is it. I had the one, I had at least one say yes to this. So I know it's possible. There are those out there. So that can give you a sort of a newfound wind under your wings, if you will. But whenever you get ready to, you know, to continue on with that pricing and stuff. Absolutely. Um, but, but I want to also talk about a little bit about how that becomes a reality and, or how it did for me anyway. And that was, I needed to be able to speak directly to who my ideal client was. I knew that I was going to no longer have the ability to reach the people that were just penny pension that were going to price shop me to death. <laughs> that was not going to be my ideal client anymore. And I had to be okay with that. But when I made that change, so many things changed also. I got really super crystal clear about who I wanted to shoot, like the clients that I wanted. And then everything that I did, all the emails that I wrote, all of the marketing information, the images that I posted on social media, my website, all of the website words, all the things were totally geared around who I wanted to take pictures of and the families that I wanted to serve. And when that happened, then I was perceived as more of an expert in that one field or in that little niche of, of business. And that also helped me be able to increase my prices and position myself for success. So that Absolutely. was, yeah, that was a, that was a, a huge, huge thing. Yes. And I preach this all the time to people. Niching is literally your secret sauce. And if I could just get people to understand that one shift, make that one shift, you will book more clients off that alone because in my favorite analogy, I love this analogy. If you have a broken tooth, are you going to run to your family practitioner or 
are you going to go to the dentist that specializes in teeth? Obviously, you're going to go with a specialty, right? Most of us right. will. Yes. And we're not asking, how much do you charge, <laughs> right? Like, I can't afford that. Like, I can only pay you $50, right? That's not what people are thinking. When you go to someone that specializes in what you want, you are going to book more of that type of client because that's what they want. And if I could go back, I will be honest, um, I was not photographing with my first daughter. My business started when she was six months old. So we have that in common as far as after we had children. But when my son was born, I just took his newborn pictures because he was born actually in the worst financial year I've ever had. And that was before I went full time in my business. But all that to say, I didn't have a newborn photographer, but if I ever had another baby, let me tell you, I'm running to the newborn photographer. I'm not running to just someone who is great at taking pictures because I want that experience. I know that they are good at what they do. They're great at what they do. Um, and so that's who I would run to. And so I just, I will get off my soapbox about niching, but yes, you are right, Destiny. <laughs> and it is scary. You know, some of um, my coaching clients, they've asked, you know, but it seems so scary to niche down, niche niche, however you say it, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. <laughs> it seems scary. And it does. It's just like raising your prices or doing anything in your business new or different. It seems scary. But anytime you can position yourself as an expert and specialize uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, it's usually a good thing. Another thing that I heard along the way was love me or hate me, but there's no money in the middle. Okay. The people in the middle that are priced right there in the middle are so easily overlooked in any, any business genre, any genre of photography or any business in general. If you're just very medium of the line, nobody's really looking at you, you know, so you already know that you're not going to make money being the cheapest photographer. So why not be positioned more at the more higher scale so then you don't get lost in the middle. And so I have really had to pay attention to that throughout my, my career to make sure that I was never in the middle or lower. And that changed everything, everything. So one question I think that probably popped into someone's mind because it did mine is how can someone determine what that line is? Well, I know that pricing is different for everyone because what your needs are different than mine. Okay. But I don't want to be known as the cheapest or the most inexpensive because and a lot of times people equate price with value and the overall experience with me from start to finish is an entire experience. So to start off, to answer your question, I would say you would need to know what photographers charge. I mean, get a photography session of your own, go hire somebody, find out what, you know, the experience that you received, the service that you received and find out what you think you're going to have to check out other people's prices. I mean, you have to, you've got to know at least something. I mean, you can go way above it or you can go way below it, but it's always good to know a median cost and price list. I'm in banking. We used to do that all the time. Every single week we would call around to different banks and find out what a, uh, a CD would pay interest. We would want to know. And then we would adjust our prices accordingly every single week. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with finding out. And that's how I would say you just got to know what other people charge. Yeah. So what you just explained in the online business world is called market research. And what you're doing is you're doing it out of intention of education not just stealing 
someone's entire work. No, no. And I know that's not what you're saying, but I, I need people to hear there's a difference between going and looking at people's pricing to educate yourself. And like, let's say, let's say that you live in Atlanta, Georgia, and you want to find out what 10 other photographers are charging in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't think there's anything wrong with if you can find some pricing on their website or something like that, but also pay attention. What's included? Mm -hmm. What is the quality of the work like to you? And then also keep in mind you have an artist perspective. So it's way different than a client perspective, but just see like, what are you getting? And then you can kind of, therefore you're going to get a collection of pricing and ranges. And then from there, again, go back to, I know I have a pricing for profit formula freebie guide, but I would just take it back to the needs. So like what you need, basically like you are the CEO. So if you follow my formula, it basically helps you take into account your expenses, your goals, what you want to make, what you need to make. And then you go through that process and then you compare it and you see, okay, now I know what I can charge per session. It gives you a starting point is really all I'm getting at. But I love, I love market research. You don't know unless you ask and you, and you look into the education. So again, we're saying don't go rip off someone's packages and pricing. No. We are saying educate no. yourself so that you know what is a high end photographer charging and what is the lowest, which I think we can all agree on is typically 50, a hundred dollars per session. I think that's across the globe as far as a cheap photographer. So. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. And um, Brooke, something else that I would say I'd like to talk about too is the connection points with my clients and how freeing up time, having less sessions to do, I was able to free up the time that I needed to really cultivate the relationships with the clients that I did book. And when my overall clients, you know, when everybody is finished with their experience with me, they are wanting to tell their friends about it. And the word of mouth referrals, those are the best ones to have. So, I mean, I could do all the advertising in the world, but there is none like word of mouth. And some of the things that I was able to do whenever I had more time, because currently as it stands right now, I don't like to shoot more than three sessions a week. And that's really only if a baby is born early or a little bit later than I had estimated. Really, I like to shoot about two a week. And with two a week and being a mom of three and running my home, that seems like the real good sweet spot for me. And with those appointments with those people and those families, I'm able to really focus. I can email them. I can, you know, really find out what it is that they're looking for in their session. And that way I can deliver exactly what they're hoping and know their names and send the questionnaires and I can write the thank you notes and I can follow up with them. These are all things that not only would I've not had time for it, I wouldn't have been able to take the time to get a system in place and get organized so that I would even know whose order was ready and whose wasn't and who had been, you know, a confirmation email been sent, who had been thanked, who had been, it would have just been all in the air and all the plates would have been spinning had I not slowed down and really put together the systems in place needed to be able to tell my clients, Hey, I value you and I appreciate you. And I, I'm going to do my very best to make sure that you're getting everything that you paid for. So doing what I say I'm going to do on the front end is very important to me. And I think that my clients know that also. 
And so, you know, talking about the price, that's not even an issue. The price is not even an issue whenever you're appealing to someone who likes quality and values their entire experience. I value systems so much in my own business. And this is something that um, ironically we have been discussing inside of my Facebook group this week are these touch points and how to really map out your client journey. What do you want that experience to look like from the time someone reaches out to you to the time that their gallery is delivered? What are all the steps in between and mm -hmm. are you automating it? Because if you're automating it, then you know nothing is ever going to slip through the cracks. You know no client is going to get mistreated along the way or not get served like someone else. And, and I also tell people in all the investments, you can make in your business. One of the first ones I would do is to automate this process. I don't care what you use or what's online service, just get one because how can you book more clients and take on more if again, those plates are in the air and you can't even keep up. There's no reason to be, you know, implementing marketing skills if you don't even have this core foundation piece in. So I love, love, love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no sense in marketing at all if you can't if you can't serve your current clients well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so agree. Okay, Destiny, this was packed full of so much information. Um, there's a lot of note taking that even went on for myself as well. So I can't imagine what the listeners took notes on. I'm so grateful that you came on to the show. First of all, it's so fun finding friends in the photography industry. I always tell people. I am a living example of community over competition, but I know we've all had some ill experiences too with other photographers. So it's just nice to come together and to be able to share tips and tricks and strategies. So I really appreciate you coming on. How can people stay connected with you and follow along? Yeah. So Destiny Tillery Photography is my website. Um, you can find me at Destiny Tillery Photography um, on Instagram and on Facebook. And my podcast is the Dream Builder Podcast with Destiny Tillery. Love it. Okay, yes, you guys, I just gave you another podcast to listen to. So make sure that you guys head over to Destiny's. She has a lot of good episodes on there. I've already binged listened to quite a few. So make sure that you do the same. And I will link all this up in the show notes. Thank you again so much, Destiny. Yeah, thank you for having me.